We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old like Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday, everybody. You know what today marks, Mr. Danny Merang? What does it mark? It is the first of 27 consecutive days of football. Wow. Starting today, there will be a college or NFL game every single day until November 23rd. That is the day before Thanksgiving. What are we getting Tuesday games with? <laughs> what? Uh, it's a little thing called Maction. Oh, it's, I thought that was, I thought Maction was Wednesdays. It's the favorite time of the year where we get Maction and Fun Belt games midweek. That's what I always get the two mixed up. There it is. Okay. And tonight we kick it all off with a doubleheader. We have some NFL where we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Baltimore Ravens in the Injury Bowl. And then we have college football. We get a little Pac-12. It's Pac-12. Washington State hosting Utah. Yeah, no, I, I am I am a hundred percent on board for uh, all of the foosball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like games that matter more, that's for sure. But if you're not going to matter, give me all the entertainment. I'm still trying to figure out whether or not Utah Washington State matters. Big picture. oh, it does, it does, but just how much? That's that's kind of the thing. Well, I think once something we'll we'll talk about a little bit today. If for nothing else, Washington State is wearing awesome helmets today. They are those wazoo helmets with that yeah. that pristine red. It I, I hot take. I think they should go to the gray uniforms and the red helmets uh, permanently. Yeah, it's a good look. I love Washington State's actually all their uniforms. Um, there's something about the interlocking WSU that forms into like the cougar head and all that stuff. I've always liked the Cougs look, and it looks awesome. Uh, even when they went the script Cougars on the silver helmet back in the Rose Bowl days, the the Big John Sucanic, I'm not going to call them the Bledsoe days, but uh, the Big John Sucanic days, I love that. And I love all Cougs uniforms. They're good look, but tonight they're wearing wazoo on the side of the helmet. Solid look. Yeah, no, that's it, it's a good, like, the, the scripting on it has kind of the same arching, as the as the Coog does, and so I look at that and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of like where this is going, and it's just it, the way it flows and comes together. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. Um, also, we have some housekeeping that we need to do. TMZ killed Jerry Lee Lewis yesterday, and by proxy, we also killed Jerry Lee Lewis yesterday. He's not dead. He's not that dead. He's not that dead. He's not dead. that dead. <laughs> He's not that dead. No, very much alive, apparently. 
This uh, rarely happens. Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes I guess an 87-year-old, you can think they're dead, but uh, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. TMZ got one wrong. Yeah, TMZ, I think they were well, batting a thousand. Not just TMZ. I got mine from uh, Fox 12 Oregon's Twitter feed. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think TMZ was batting a thousand until this one. I don't think they had ever gotten one of these wrong. So uh, I, I I wonder if uh, this was a ploy by Jerry Lee Lewis. Is there a documentary coming out about him coming out Ooh. sometime soon? Is is this a staged social media event? Great possibility. There's already been a movie made about his life, like back in the 90s, mm. which was... It's a, uh, so it's revival time. Yeah, we need to get back to that. So maybe they're going to make another uh, biopic about it. Yeah, what was that? Dennis Quaid, I want to say? Playing Jerry Lee Lewis? I think it was. Yeah, marrying his 13-year-old cousin. And And uh, Winona Ryder? That's the cousin? I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. That sounds right, though. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, no, didn't see it. Got no idea. Yeah. Uh, the, even if it was something that, like, came out now, probably wouldn't interest me because he married his 13-year-old cousin. There's not a little bit of, like, interest as to, like, how that happens? No, it's called incest porn. No, I, it's not, not, not what I get into, Dusty. Uh, it was first cousin once removed. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I heard a lot about Jerry Lee listen, Lewis yesterday. Because I man, thought he was dead. This hole. <laughs> do, do you know what the first cousin once removed though is? I have no idea. It's your first cousin's kid. It's your f- oh, really? Yes. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah, that feels super weird. So Yikes. yeah. Hmm. Well, he did marry a child, so that is uh, creeper number one move. I don't want to hear that that's what they used to do back then because it wasn't the 1890s. It was 1957. Yeah, that's a couple of toes in the old questionable pool. (laughs) A couple? He was chin deep. (laughs) (laughs) So Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, not dead, also not married to his first cousin once removed anymore. He, they divorced for a very long time. But they got you, divorced in 1970. Yeah, no, but they were just married for 13 years, which was at that time, you know, the entirety of her lifespan to that point. That, that was half her life, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, and enough with the Jerry Lee Lewis talk. It's time <laughs> to get to a little sporting, huh? <laughs> Do we have to? No, we don't. Oh, okay. uh, we can talk about Jerry Lee Lewis or 27 straight days of football. I don't care. Whatever you, wherever you want to go. I'm, I'm, do, we, do we need a name for 27 straight days of football? Mm. Like, do we, have, do we need an advent calendar? I think that that's a great idea. Just, just open Because up really, that booze. one buffer day, too, that you're talking about where November 23rd, that's our off day. That's Wednesday. Hang on tight there, guys. But at that point. There we go. Um, did my mic just completely did disappear? We, things there? we had to do a couple of a, a quick behind-the-scenes thing back here. All We're right. Good. We should I, be all good now. I love radio. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. <laughs> okay. So, so did anybody hear what I just said? I, I don't know. The last few seconds, no. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to get out of the broom closet. Well, I was just saying that I can't wait to get out of COVID jail. Uh, 
I was saying that the 23rd, that day that we have off, is the perfect day to have off and have the football break because the next day is Thanksgiving. So we all have a laundry list of things that we have to be doing to, in preparation for Thanksgiving anyway. It's, that's the perfect day not to have a football game. It, it, and then on Thanksgiving, that officially starts the big charge of we got conference championship games after that. Bowl season starts. People start caring about the NBA. Yeah, it's great. It, it's it's coming. It's coming very quickly, and it's it's almost like there's a uh, a uh, what is it called? The intermittent fasting period on that day off, like because you know Thanksgiving's mm. coming. So you, you, intermittent fasting for football and for food. I like that. <sighs> a quick quick peek behind the curtain, if you if you wondered how what just happened about. Uh, 45 seconds ago, McGinley came sprinting across the office in front of me and was feverishly pulling and changing cables in the other room. Because right now, with Dusty at home, for us to see each other, we're on Zoom. So I've got Dusty in one window, Jeff Russ in the other, so I can see what's going on in the producer's room at the same time. And if you've ever wondered, like, have you ever seen, like, those World War II movies where they have like the old computers, like they're reel to reel, and there's cables that they're switching <laughs> feverishly to like change channels for everything, yeah. like code breakers. That's what McGinley looked like back there. I just see tick 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 as he is feverishly pulling cords out and putting them back into different places. And my eyes just went, "What is happening?" Because I said something earlier, like I, I had a, a weird hum in my ear, and I didn't know if it was going out over the air or what was going on. Um, but this is what happens when you're temporarily in a broom closet and Dusty's working from home and Jeff Russ is in another room. The good news is, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be in our new studio very, 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 very soon. Oh, this is great. You know what? I love the fan text sign, 503-250-1080, because I, ju- I literally just opened up the fan text sign. Apparently, I've been sounding like a robot stuck at the bottom of a well. Uh, we cannot hear me at some point. My mic wasn't working. I have no idea what's going on, but you know what? All of you guys that are texting in, thank you. Um, apparently, some people were only hearing Danny talk, so it was one side of the conversation. They were having to guess what I was saying. <laughs> Whee! You know what? Who doesn't love the temporary setup? And we are back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I can promise you, um, I don't. On Monday, I sounded pretty bad. Today, I don't feel like I'm any stuffed up at all. Uh, So that may just be the processing. You have a little bit, just the teeniest hint of it, but you you do not sound like you did on Monday. That is for sure. Well, I'm here to tell you, I feel fine. Feel, feeling great? Yeah. All right. I can dig it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this text says, it was like Danny was having a conversation with himself. It was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird because I was sitting in here. I could hear it coming through my headset. We were putting out audio levels, and yeah, so I had no reason to believe anything was wrong until the boss started texting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he's always listening. Well, if you missed it, I'm here to tell you, it was some of the best radio I've ever done. Yeah, I mean, I heard it. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing is Jeff Rust and I were the only ones who got to experience it, and it was tremendous stuff. Apparently, Dusty is very pro-cousins getting married. Yeah, no, exactly. 
not pro cousins getting married, guys. That oh, that's right. That, my cousins, side of the conversation was not adequately heard. I'm gonna I, tell you right now. When I said something about uh, you being interested in incest porn and then it going to a dead <laughs> mic, that had to be some serious radio. <laughs> Oh, man. Man couldn't defend himself, just had to sit there and take the shots yeah. and not have it go out. Well, apparently that's what happened. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> well, all right. That's a, that's a, that's a segment right. of radio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we we unkilled Jerry Lee Lewis. I am, I'm very much anti-first cousin once removed getting married. I want that to be clear. I, I'm, I'm anti that. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you sure? Nah, I'm moving to Arkansas, guys. <laughs> yeah. So Ar- Arkansas is the first place you go to when you think of kissing cousins. That's interesting. Russ, what yeah. state do you go to? For what, cousins? Yeah, like, like if you're thinking like full on. I feel like you got a pretty good swath of the entire south down there. Yeah, I know. Like, I think everybody has like their own like picture like, I mean, of like yeah, which but what, state they Which choose. one do you think of first? I go West Virginia. Mountain Mama? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I go uh, full, um, what's what's that movie, uh, Squeal Like a Pig? Uh, Deliverance. Yeah, Deliverance. Yeah, that's the first one that I go to. I go West Virginia. What, what, what do you go, Rust? Yeah, I mean, you could go Arkansas, you could go Alabama. For me, they're just kind of interchangeable. Uh, see, I think I think they get offended wow. in the South, depending on which one you go with. All those Listen southern states look the same. This elitist Jeff Rust over here. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's there's levels to the redneck, right? Like there's yeah. like there's there's redneck, there's backwood, there's country, and then there's cousin bleepers. I and guess. Like, well, guys, before everybody started moving here twenty years ago, like I have most of my cousins are from down in California. They would have said Oregon, like twenty years ago. Then everybody just started moving here. Well, even twenty years ago, I mean, wow, yeah, that was <laughs> Dusty Hera calling a bunch of Oregonians cousin bleepers. <clears throat> No, I'm just saying that was the view of our state. <laughs> that was that was not me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what they they thought we were just like a bunch of rural hillbillies up here. Well, which isn't totally wrong. Again, there's a differentiation between the two. Like there's there's levels to this. Like we're talking, you know, a, a guy who wears overalls with his t-shirt under, and the guy who just wears overalls and a third eye. Like, how, how about this? Any place where there's neighborhoods that are called a holler. Oh, down by the holler? Yeah. Yeehaw! I don't think that's a neighborhood. Mm. Well, you know, well, <laughs> okay, want to go trailer park instead? <laughs> uh, yeah, Deliverance uh, set in the state of Georgia. Not West Virginia. I thought it was West Virginia. No, but you're not wrong with West Virginia. I mean, it, I'll allow it. It plays. Yeah. It all plays. I've been I've been out to West Virginia. I stick by it. You guys are already very active here on the fan text line. We've got a ton that we need to get to. Yesterday, the basketball gods took one long look at Rip City and said, No, you cannot have nice things. Danny Dusty on the fan. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more, two more. 
You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good afternoon! Had to get it in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the Portland Trailblazers fall last night to the Miami Heat, 119-98. I've been telling people all along that 4-0 start, 82-0, it's just not realistic. 76-6 still in play. It's on the table, baby. Yeah. It's still there. There's there's, there's no need to worry, no need to panic. It's it's all good. Um, But it came down crashing uh, in to a screeching halt with that loss to the Miami Heat yesterday, though. Um, that was a good old-fashioned butt-kicking, especially in the second half where the Blazers have been so good. Yeah, no, there, there's a couple things that happened in that game. The Blazers, uh, there's, well, you know, there's a couple trends that have, that have happened mm-hmm. in the first five games. Uh, one, the, the Trailblazers are coming out a little bit slow uh, in games. Now, Josh Hart didn't. Uh, Hell but, yeah! That, I thought that was setting up to be the Josh Hart game. It, it definitely looked like it was. He uh, he finished his first shift with five points, four rebounds, four assists. <laughs> like it was it was pretty impressive. He was everywhere. He was he was getting out in transition. They had a little bit of life to him, and but that really only lasted for about the first three or four minutes of the game. I shouldn't say that. Josh Hart was I think was the first eight minutes of the game, but everybody but Josh Hart was really only there for the first couple minutes, and then. They they kind of faded. They they struggled with some stuff. But more than anything, and this has been true in every game so far, is that live ball turnovers have just murdered them. Both yeah. Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons have been really loose with the ball, uh, and that showed up in the game again. Uh, they finished the game with uh, 19 turnovers. 19. That's brutal. It, it is, and uh, Dame had four. Uh, Ann had three. Jeremy Grant had three. And it's one thing to have turnovers. Getting traveling calls, offensive foul calls, mm-hmm. um, a pass getting tipped or deflected, getting you know off of you and going out of bounds. Those are all set plays. The live ball turnovers, they feed another team. And, and Miami's offense struggled a ton coming into this game. And you wondered, what would they look like? Well, Kyle Lowry looked like the corpse of Kyle Lowry for the first quarter. And then I said <laughs> something about it. And then he must have read the tweet because he came out and had the best game of his season so far. Knocked down a bunch of threes and and poked a bunch of balls loose in transition, and it kind I of, have that in my notes. Yeah, you no, are to blame. I am to blame. I, I'll, I'll fall on the sword for that one. Uh, I uh, I clearly clearly have pronounced the death of Kyle Lowry much too soon, just like TMZ did with Jerry Lee Lewis. Absolutely. So two things that are still alive: Jerry Lee Lewis, Kyle and game. Kyle Lowry's career. Yep, still alive. Uh, also, the Portland Trailblazers' hopes. Hopes and dreams are still there. Why? Yeah. Because Damian Lillard had a calf strain that popped up in the third quarter uh, that caused him to ask out of the game. And, uh, well, he's not dead. So everybody calm well, down. 
And this is the this is a big thing though because I, I thought that the Blazers were still in that game even though the lead was expanding. It was seventy seventy nine when Dame it, it went, went down. from like fourteen and then they whittle it down and then Dame's pulls up with the cap and that was deflating because when he goes out, it's not just that Damian Lillard was no longer in the game. It was that everybody kind of looked around and you could see the panic. You could see the panic during the timeout when Dame tries to go to the bench and then the trainer's like, Jeff Clark's like, nope, keep it rolling, buddy. Do the locker room. Head on back through that tunnel. And that was that deflating moment where all of a sudden that 79-70 lead just ballooned and it, it got out and spiraled out of control. He is obviously the heart and soul of this Blazers team. We all know that. That was a massive part of what happened in that fourth quarter and in the end of the game. But the fact of the matter is that Rip City collectively held their breath, not knowing because when any time a team says calf strain, that is ultimately you go, uh-oh. What do you think of when you hear calf strain? You think of what the Golden State Warriors said about Kevin Durant. You think about what the Golden State Warriors said about Clay Thompson. Those are the two most recent guys that have been labeled the calf strain, and then it's like, yeah, it's actually a torn Achilles. Yeah, and that was but that was Damian Lillard there. after the game. He even talked about it, and and he diffused a lot of the concerns. The last shot that I made when I rose up real quick, I just you know, I just felt it get real tight and um, went back on defense just to see like it, how it would feel. It felt fine running up the court and then the next time I did another move I tried to stop and I just felt how tight it was and it wasn't like something happened. It was just like let me just, let me just get it off the court and see what's going on. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't nothing that I was like overly concerned with. I just knew it wouldn't it didn't make sense to try to push through it in the, in the fucking fifth game of the season. I was just Let's get to the back and see. So, so what are the docs telling, telling you right now? Um, it's strained. Um, probably just a strain. I mean, I did treatment. I was able to do single leg calf raises, um, double leg. Um, I was able to do everything. It just was it was tight. And, um, you know, that was it. Did you take any pictures, like MRI or anything? No. Okay. I mean, honestly, I, if this was a playoff game, I would have played. Yeah. Um. You know, it would have been tight and uncomfortable, but I, I would play. Sure. So, um, you know, if that gives you any indication of, like, how concerned I, I am now or would have been, I would have been clearly, really on the line. There you go. He could have kept playing through it. He diffused a lot of the concerns right there of the Achilles. It is just a calf strain. They do exist. Yeah, and that was the thing is, is being – right there when he was talking he's moving around just fine he's getting dressed walking around the locker room he didn't have a hitch in his giddy up and for everybody freaking out he's like you know i, I felt a little bit of tightness before the game was like oh god he shouldn't have played like these guys imagine every morning for you when you get out of bed and sometimes your back's tight sometimes your legs tight sometimes your shoulders tight that's what he's talking about but because he's a professional athlete he goes in the morning for treatment, and, hey, I'm going to put it in an ice bath and take care of it, and then I'm going to put a compression sleeve out at halftime because I can feel it getting a little bit tight. He plays 82 games. They're playing a game every other night. Like It's nothing to, to freak out about, panic about. The good news is they play the Houston Rockets tomorrow, and Dame's not going to play that game, and he's not going to play again until at least Wednesday. So he's going to get a full week 
of recovery in season, he's going to miss one game. And that, here's the thing about starting out 4-0 that is huge for the Portland Trailblazers is that there is no panic time. If they if they are sitting right now at 1-4 and four, or even 2-3 and three, and a lot of those three look ugly, it's a far different feeling than what the Blazers have right now. And you're playing against a Houston Rockets team that that would be the ultimate get-right game, and there may be a, a situation where you have to thrust them into action and say, hey, we need to just get right and get in the win column here. 4-0 start, that is – you don't have the panic like they have in L.A. or in Brooklyn right now. You had afforded that ability through that start where you stole a couple that – Sitting him, saying, hey, what we we trust who we got on the floor to beat the Houston Rockets, who are obviously not in the mix right now. We can go and we can win that game. And even if we do lose, it's not going to be the end of the world for us, and we're not going to hit the panic button. Yeah, and the other part of this was is Damian Lillard made a point of, of saying that, hey, listen, if me being out is the end of this team, like then we're not who we thought we were. And he really emphasized the whole idea of this will be good for us. Like to show that hey we're we're more than just me we're we're the sum of all parts, and that a little bit of adversity basically was good for them right now. And uh, I talked to to Anthony Simons in the post game, and and one of the questions I asked him and Chauncey Billups was about the live ball turnovers, and because Ant's been a part of this, the the high traps and and the things of that nature that have, have been bothersome for for him. Uh, he said, you know, hey, they're going to have four days off coming up and that in practice, that's the thing that they really need to drill is taking care of the ball, making sure they prioritize the ball. Chauncey said they need to fight for every inch on the floor and all that kind of thing. So maybe Damian Lillard taking a night off against the young Houston Rockets team who does have talent. They've got rookie Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, as well as uh, Jalen Green and Alperen Sengun who – like they're they're a fun team and they you know they could easily put up eighty and all be terrible young kids on the same night, just as easily <laughs> they could put up one hundred and forty. Like that's yeah. that's the that's what you get with a young team like the Rockets. But it'll be a good test for the Blazers without Damian Lillard to see if they can stand up and withhold uh, against a very young and athletic team and uh, show that it's not just smoke and mirrors through the first five games. Yeah, and is this texture? points out he goes Dame didn't spend four hours stretching I mean if he really wants to get back he will spend 20 hours a day stretching that calf go full Russell Wilson yeah I like it I like it especially you just hop on a plane and go up and down the aisles that's what Russ did although I I think that you can overstretch it at that point I could be wrong but I think there's such a thing as overstretching at that point that is 100% true Mm. all right Blazers are four and one um, eighty-one and one, still out there. Let's be realistic. You're though. being a coward and saying seventy-six and six. Yeah, okay, there you go. coward. <clears throat> well, I just, hey, I'm realistic, man. Yeah, you know, well, I'm realistic. Whatever. Whatever. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> eighty-one and one. Better. You know what? The, the most important thing, though, hmm. the most important thing in the NBA right now is that zero and eighty-two is still on the table for the Lakers. Woo-hoo! All right, they lost to the Nuggets last night, one ten to ninety nine. Get them Where off the Nuggets. The TV. Nuggets blazered the Lakers, just like the Blazers did to the Nuggets. Yeah, no, they did. You see they, that they, third they, quarter? They outscored them they like thirty two to fifteen. Yeah, they got up eighteen, and uh, 
The final margin, I think, was was 11. It was not that close. The, the Lakers yeah. have been blitzed basically every night. It's Because they suck. They're, they're very bad. And LeBron is uh, posting captions on photos of himself on Instagram saying, how long will they forget? Or, I'm sorry. It was, uh, how, how long will they... Uh, Will they? Will you be taken for granted? Talking about mm. himself in the third person, subtweeting nice. the Lakers about basically saying, "How long until they trade Russ? How long until he deletes that tweet?" Because do you remember last year he they had all of those uh, tweets of like, "Keep doubting us, keep saying that they're old." We're, we see that energy uh-huh. later in the year, and then he deleted all of them. <laughs> when oh, at the end of the year, weird. people were like, "Uh, time to bring this one back up." Passive aggressive LeBron James is my favorite. I do. He is What's your one favorite of the LeBron? best. He's an all timer. It I can I say he is a Laker, but can I say something nice about a Laker? LeBron James is so damn good. I hate the fact that he is being wasted right now because we are seeing what is left in his tank. He still has some. I would like to see good LeBron James not be completely wasted. Listen, so I'm, instead of trading Russell Westbrook trade LeBron James. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm willing to give salary filler and, like, a uh, second-round pick to, to <laughs> get LeBron James out of L.A., okay? <laughs> All right, I'm willing, I'm willing to risk it. Let's do it. All right, 503-250-1080, that is a fan text line. Here, we've got another trade in the NFL, five days away from the trade deadline. This one isn't a blockbuster, but could be massive. Here's Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Got another trade in the NFL. This one isn't going to blow anybody's hair back, but it could have major implications. The Kansas City Chiefs have sent a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round selection in next year's draft to the New York football Giants. For Kadarius Toney, former first-round pick, wide receiver. Because, of course, that's what Kansas City needs is more wide receivers. Well, here's the thing, Dusty. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have somebody who ran a sub-4-4-40. So they went and <laughs> grabbed one of those again. Sky Moore. They got I, I, Sky Moore. I, I, it, was, it was sarcastic more than anything. He's, he's, they got Sky Moore. Now they have Kadarius Toney, which... He has been not very good. Well, I think he's only played like 35 snaps all season long for the New York Giants, and he doesn't fit into their system or scheme because a guy like him is most effective when you have a couple other receivers around. He's a joystick guy. He is a he's a guy that you want to motion all around the field. You're going to s- stretch teams vertically with him, and that doesn't fit with what the Giants are doing right now because their wide receiving core is so bad, and he will never be your number one, but... This is where it comes into kind of like a, it's not really a boom or bust. This is a boom or eh, situation because if he works and he pops and he uses that potential that we all thought he could have when he was coming out of Florida in the draft and Dan Mullen kind of used him in the backfield and motioned him in the slot and using him outside, and now he can go into Andy Reid's offense and be used the same way alongside Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Miko Hardman. And then you put him and Sky Moore in the slots and say, go be fast, go be quick. 
this could be a big boom and really unlock that offense again. And that's the thing is that now they've got the ability of two guys to take the top off for Juju and Travis Kelsey running on the underneath stuff. And the Chiefs, this is, I mean, it's a, it's a zero, it's a really, it's a zero risk investment of, hey, can this big athlete be a big athlete for us and make big plays? I just, that's, they, there's nothing there that says, oh, no, they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't try to add a guy who, I mean, is there, is there a risk here? At all? No, because it's a conditional pick, which is which is great, and I think that's a solid by the Giants too, by sending him, you know, a former first rounder for a conditional draft pick because this isn't in, within the same regime. They want to reset, let the guy go and and succeed if he can somewhere else. But if he doesn't, then one the Kansas City Chiefs don't have to give up their third round pick, and the Giants get. Uh, I think it, it drops down to a fourth rounder if the, if it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and he doesn't work out there. And so all of a sudden, you, you pick up two extra draft picks no matter what. That's fine. Just sit there and sit, wash your hands of a guy you weren't going to use anyways. Go and let him succeed in Kansas City. And for if you're KC, if he does pop, that is a guy who transforms your offense again, and you have a Tyreek Hill type player, and then it only adds to the lore of what Andy Reid has become, which is, hey, we will take scraps, we'll take risks on guys, and they are going to pop when they come here, and they are going to be a different player, and we, our system in the way that we use guys, we are going to get the most out of him and maximize all of that talent we possibly can, which is something that he was criticized at times for in Philadelphia. Remember that part where it was like Valdez, Scantling, and Smith Schuster? Like that's those are the guys you picked. That they can't cover for for Tyreek Hill. Looks yeah. at the Chiefs' offense. Oh, oh, they can. Oh, they can. So I mean, it feels like this is one of those things where, kind of like the Warriors over the last couple of years, like ah, oh, they're adding. Otto Porter Jr. to their offense. And you're like, I mean, he's old, he's washed, he's cooked. And he ends up being a viable piece. Nemanja Bialica being a viable piece to another title contender. And you look, that's what you, what happens when these teams get to the very top across sports. They start just adding these things. You're like, ah, it's not a big deal. And you look down and you're like, well, I guess it kind of is because he's not their one, their two, their three, hell, even their four. Like their fifth best guy is better than a lot of other teams' third best guys. And yeah. when you start getting to that level, that's when you're going, Oh, that's right. The halves really do have everything. Yeah. And then right now, uh, I thought that Spot Track made a really good point on Twitter. That's the, the site that does all the salaries and contracts and stuff. Uh, it says Kadarius Tony's played 35 snaps this season. So, from new GM uh, Joe Shane's standpoint, who didn't draft Tony, this is a 6 and 1 team giving up nothing more than $499,000 in order to purchase two draft picks. That's what you're doing. I, again, just perfect cost management. Yeah. Perfect and and that's management. a team that the Giants are 6 and 1 right now. I think there is a feeling and and this is kind of the sign of a, a smart free front office that they understand what they're doing right now is playing in house money. They're not a team that should be diving in headfirst into the trade market and giving up assets 
to make a run this year when they need to start looking what is the best for our long term because one we are not as bad as we we thought we were and a lot of people thought we were heading into this season but we need more assets if we want to fast forward this rebuild. They've they know they've got the right head coach in Brian Dayball. They've got a very good running attack with Saquon Barkley. Their offensive line is not very good in pass protection. They need weapons on the outside. Their defense is doing enough to hold it together, but they're still not very deep on that side of the football. They have got a ton of holes. They're starting building blocks and it's going really well right now. So collect assets any way that you possibly can and just play with that house money that you've been earning and stacking up over the start of the first seven weeks of the season, which is a 6-1 and one start. Solid. Can I just say very quickly, I hate the Chiefs hmm. and how they keep getting away with this, but I kind of, not a kind of, I respect what the Giants are doing. And I think this is the first time in ever that I respect what the Giants are doing? It's very strange. I don't know what to do with my hands. Mm. Like it, if, even though they, they, they won a Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowls with Eli, I always felt like they were dysfunctional as hell. They don't feel dysfunctional, and that's very, very strange. Yeah, they are. In, when they had Coughlin, they had a lot of stability. When Coughlin left, though, it just turned into an S show. I mean, it really spiraled out of control quickly where – they were the Mars and the Tishes, and they were this beacon of stability. And then they just went through, whether it was Gettleman as their GM, when the cycling through their head coaches, that was a bit of a joke. They were struggling, and now it feels like with, with Shane and uh, with Brian Dable, they have that stability back. They are on the right track, man. And it's, and it's I, not I'm just with the, you on that. And I hate the, the co- Giants, too. Yeah, it's not even just the coaching. It's it's no. the organization. They feel like yeah. they're in lockstep, and that's you can kind of you can see the dysfunction kind of sorting through itself in in New York in general with the Bills, the Giants, and the Jets. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> what do you think about this text? Any receiver is going to work. It's Patrick Mahomes for Christ's sake. Patrick Mahomes is the system. No, they were good with Alex Smith too. That's what people forget. <laughs> they were really Alex Smith before he had his leg turned into you know a, a Gumby wrapper. Like uh. Andy Reid is a very good coach, and they do have <laughs> a system. But that does not to the texture's point though. Patrick Mahomes is exceptionally. It's what breaks good. it open. Yes, I mean he he took it he took it to another level. Just like Donovan McNabb took it to another level. Could they could not finish in Philadelphia, and that was ultimately the downfall of Andy Reid. But their system was true, and Andy Reid's offense has always put up points. He was able to do it with with Alex Smith too in Kansas City, and then they found some someone that unlocked it and took it up two more notches than anything Donovan Mag, McNabb could even do. They have got a very special play caller and a very special quarterback. That We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes coming up a little bit later because there's an interesting question that could be asked around the NFL right now. Who are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now? We'll t- attack that at the top of the hour. But coming up next, I appreciate the honesty, and I'm glad it's being laughed off instead of pearl-clutched. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Chill. Right on the side, it's my ego because. 
Kenny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. I'm just so happy that we've gotten over the pearl clutching phase when stories like this next one come out. Because Lendale White, former USC running back, the Thunder in the Thunder and Lightning backfield with Reggie Bush, went on the Barstool Sports Podcast, Bussin' with the Boys, with uh, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. And he shared a story that in years past would have sparked outrage by some. There would have been a lot of complaining and whining, but now we can just laugh it off when Lindale White talks about his improper benefits. I hear the story about the $750,000 house, and I didn't, my parents didn't move when they said we was about to um, go to the draft, so I don't know, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? What car did you drive in college? Alexis GS400. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the stipends must have been pretty good right. in California. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know 1200 a month to get you that. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. wild. He was living where? He was downtown. He was downtown LA oh, living. Nice. Yeah. We talk about coaches. We talk about boosters. What? I don't. I don't really know what a booster or a coach is. I didn't. Have, he doesn't know what a coach is. <laughs> All I know is that I had a nice house or a nice apartment, and when I went in there, like I know that there was somebody left something behind. I don't know if it was for me or not, but I never told anybody that they left it there, and I kept it. So. What's the most amount of money you've seen left somewhere that you, you know, probably seen? What's like the a, most amount you've seen? Maybe about a hundred. We talking. We talking. You on the weekend, man? This is all just cash, rubber bands. A hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Hey, listen, buddy. Sixty thousand plus in in state tuition at at a private school isn't uh, isn't going nowhere. A hundred and fifty (laughs) thousand dollars, tax free, rubber band, ready to go. And now here's the thing, rubber band man. That is a funny story. Like, undeniably, a funny story. But it's also exactly why USC got caught for the Reggie Bush stuff and why they got the entire book thrown at them and why Reggie Bush became the sacrificial lamb because somebody wanted to talk about Reggie Bush. Nobody wanted to talk about Lindale White. And the entire NCAA knew what was going on at USC, and they were going above and beyond what and everybody else. else was doing. No, and yes, everywhere they were. else. Danny, yes, they were. You, no, they were. You do not drive a Lexus 400. You do not get a $750,000 house. There are guys that are taking benefits across the SEC, across the Big Ten, even in the Pac-10 at that time. What USC was doing, they were blatantly taking what was the Wink, wink, nod, nod, we're going to look the other way. And they threw it in the face of everybody because they, they, that is way too much. You, do, you give the guy a car, you don't give him a brand new Lexus to drive around town. You, and then it was, what, a uh, brand new Mercedes SUV? Wasn't that what Reggie Bush had when he was down there too? Oh, it was the Escalade. They had far too many very nice vehicles, very nice housing, and that is what got him. You, it's what called they being ahead of the, the curve. That's what this the, is, okay? No, in the SEC, what they did was they would give you something, but they would say, don't be flashy. You cannot be flashy. Flash is the worst thing that you can do. And USC went, yeah, right. We do flash. And that's what, that's what ended up getting them busted. But that is awesome 
I, I love that story. $150,000 just left in his apartment. And that was just one time. <laughs> that, that, if he, the question was, what was the most you, you'd seen left yeah. at one time? Yeah. Listen, folks, them boys got paid. Do you think it's like all like Texas A&M right now? Yeah. Like they bought a recruiting class. And don't sure and for it, Duck fans out there who think you do it the right way, just Willie Lyles and shut up. Every <laughs> single prosperous program yeah. in this country has a bag man they trust. Mm-hmm. USC just had more money at the time. They were ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, That's it. And they went, uh, again, they stepped uh, across the line of what the bag man does. Habitual line steppers. The, the bag man does not do flash. The bag man is not front and center. <laughs> that is what happened at SC. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, no. I think one of the greatest ad campaigns running right now is the Wendy's oh, giving the, the Reggie, Reggie Bush, Bush the pub bun back. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> and, and in reality, if the Heisman Trust had a brain and wanted any kind of relevancy again, they would give it back. They do need to give it back. It, they need to give his Heisman Trophy back. For no, God's Matt, sakes, O.J. Simpson is still a recognized yes. Heisman winner. We're, we're cl- again, talking about clutching pearls. And here's the thing. Reggie Bush could have been an incarnate word and been the best player in the country. That's yeah. that's who he was. He was the best and most <laughs> dominant player in college football for and one of the most dominant of all time. Give yeah. him his bleeping trophy back, you dirty old scoundrels. I just love that we are to the point where we can laugh at that story and say, how great was that? Instead of the NCAA opening up some sham investigation, Oh, meanwhile, Nick Saban is calling and texting and emailing every single Alabama player from the past 20 years. Don't you dare go on a podcast and say anything about what we did. Don't this, you again, dare. Don't don't cross the line. You get taken care of. They'll take care of you before He's and after He's got Jersey hitmen showing up on people's doors. Oh, you want to go on a Barstool podcast? No, you don't. <laughs> Let me tell you, boy. No, you don't. Uh, in, a, in the meantime, though, there were a lot of really good players I had across the country, even in the SEC, that they look around like, I didn't get that. And <laughs> I should have held out for time. more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One hour down. We still have got two more to go. Where we start next hour, who are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Think about it, because it's not a list that you would have had the last year, beginning of this year, or at any time in the last 20 years for that matter. Danny Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.